It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, May 10th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. My, how the Kansas basketball roster has turned over. I count 10 players from last season that won't be back this season, including Kevin McCuller. But plenty of new faces, starting with transfer Hunter Dickinson from Michigan. The 7-1 Dickinson was a two-time All-Big Ten selection who averaged 18.5 points and nine boards. For the Wolverines last year, it was a massive get for Bill Self. And on today's Sports Beat KC, beat writers Gary Bedore and Shreyas Lada speak to how the Jayhawks will use Dickinson next season. My two cents? I think Dwan Harris has a chance to lead the nation in assists. Okay, let's get started talking KU Hoops with Gary and Shrey. It has been a while since we have talked about University of Kansas athletics, and it's time to end that run. We've got Gary Bedore and Shreyas Lada here. Guys, I hope you're doing well. Um, and looking forward to this chat. And I don't know if you've heard, but Kansas picked up a player in the transfer portal that others are talking about. So pretty big news for the Jayhawks, uh, Hunter Dickinson. Gary, take us through the, uh, the, the, the path that brought Hunter Dickinson to Lawrence, and then we can discuss whether it's the biggest get <laughs> in transfer portal history. Yeah, that's what some of the guys are calling it. Some of the national guys said it the biggest um, fish in portal history um, has been uh, caught by KU. But uh, he decided to leave Michigan, surprisingly, after three years. Two-time All-Big Ten first-teamer that's seven-foot-one and can shoot the three. So uh, Bill Self and his staff – you try to find out if the kid will consider you and they got the word he would. And uh, he visited, was talking about maybe he's from our, from uh, Washington DC area. So there was some talk. He might want to, to go to Maryland, stay in the area 20 minutes from his house or go to Georgetown. But he did not. He visited Kentucky KU. Uh, so uh, he ended up choosing the Jayhawks, and Bill Self flew down there <laughs> to hear the decision in person. And they're happy to get him because they're plugging in 20 points and 12 rebounds, probably, and uh, instant starter and all that. So uh, that was their big get in the portal so far. Huge get, huge. Um so you're right. Uh, last year, 18.5 points, nine rebounds, 42% on threes. I read, I was trying to think, you know, the transfer portal is relatively new to college sports, but transfers aren't. There have been transfers for as long as there have been college sports. And um, and I was trying to come up with the list of the 
the highest profile or the greatest transfers in in college basketball history. And the the one I keep coming back to was was Hank Gathers. Remember Hank Gathers, Gary? He started his career at Southern Cal, ended up at Loyola, and of course, um, yeah, you know, and was a All America at, at Loyola. So, um, but this one is uh, th- this might end up being. I, I think. I think Shreyas, you can probably claim at least in the, the couple years of the transfer portal, a uh, few years of the transfer portal, he's the most accomplished player that has switched teams. Two, as Gary said, two-time All-Big Ten, uh, second-team All-America. Those guys don't usually avail themselves in the portal. Uh, what? How How will Bill Self use Hunter Dickinson? I think – Dickinson is the perfect Bill Self big. You know, you can play the entire offense through him, you know, feed him in the post. Every time they've gone through a big, it seems like to run their offense, it usually turns into a national title or at least close. Um, and Dickinson is that guy. You can just push him uh, down low and you let him go to work. He's really skilled around the basket. And he has a little bit of a modern twist to him. He shoots 42% from three. Uh, he averages about two threes a game. He said he's hoping to bring that number up when he talked to us, and uh, he wants to take more threes and deeper threes. Um, I mean, Dickinson just allows KU to play a lot of different ways, I think, which is huge because Kansas lacked the ability to play, I think, different lineups and different styles last year, and I think that was ultimately one of the reasons why they lost earlier than anticipated. Um, you know, you can put out a guy like Ernest and him on the court, or, you know, if they get – uh, the Duke kid, uh, Duke commit, former Duke commit, or whatever, um, and you can play different guys and really play their strengths. And uh, you know, imagine him and, and Ernest on the court. You could have Ernest down low and and Dixon at the four. Uh, I mean, you know, at the perimeter basically, and uh, you can mix and match on defense. Let Ernest uh, guard whoever the tougher matchup is, and and let have Dickinson come in. Uh, and play good help side defense and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting because it just allows Kansas to play, I think, different styles. And I think that, you know, versatility and that variability is something Kansas lacked last year. For sure. Um, And when Kansas has had Final Four teams under Bill Self, they've always had a productive big man. Um, McCormick, of course, with the – national championship team a couple seasons ago. Um, even as a bouquet, was he a freshman in 2018, Gary, or a sophomore? I can't remember. Um, I'll look it up while we talk. I think I, I want to say he was a freshman. You know, that was the Devontae Graham team, and it was mostly a perimeter team, but they still had the big guy in the middle. Um, and then, of course, in 2012, you had Jeff Withy and Thomas Robinson. So, Kansas has always, you know, when they've had their best teams under Bill Self, you know, since the 08 national championship team, they've had yeah. a productive and, and NBA, a few, well, McCormick's not in the NBA, but uh, with the and T Rob and as all, you know, got drafted and um, he loves working with the big guy. Right. I mean, it's that, that was the, um, that's, that's been one of his MOs at Kansas is, um, and, and I had to be one of the selling points for, for Hunter Dickinson, right, Gary, just, the way that yeah, and uh, when he was talking on the teleconference, Dickinson said Self already told him that he was working on <laughs> some plays and different stuff because they can use you know him in in traditional ways, but also they can go big. Uh, if Ernest Duday sticks around, 
they can go with KJ Adams and uh and Dickinson. KJ's, you know, last year he played the five. Yep. So uh yeah, Bill Selfs has to be loving the fact that he can, like you said, when they've got the good teams, they've got the big man. And if Hunter can stay healthy, which is always key for all players, that you know, this guy. No reason if he doesn't get in foul trouble can't can't play thirty three minutes or so. So Bill's got to be thrilled because, like you said in the past, it's worked with bigs. Yeah, I didn't even mention the twenty twenty team that you know, was went into the NCAA tournament as the the overall top would have gone into the NCAA tournament as the overall top seed. Yeah, didn't get played because of COVID, but that was Azubuke's final year at KU, and they were just. They were just terrific. It had Devon Dotson at the one yeah. and Azubuki at the five. And now we're looking at Juan Harris at the at the one and Hunter Dickinson at the five and some good potential two, three, and four in between. What is um uh, how do you how do we look at the starting potential starting lineup for this team? What how do they take the floor in the opener, or maybe even more important, uh, and I'll ask Shreyas this because Nobody yeah. will know these opponents better than Shreyas when UConn and Kansas take to the floor next early December. Who will, uh, who will <laughs> Kansas run out as a, st- as a starting five? I think Dewan Harris has got that one locked up and Dixon yep. at the five. And then this is where it gets a little interesting. I think Timberlake probably gets uh, a shooting card position. I'm, I'm wondering who plays the three for Kansas next year. Like, they don't have a ton of wings. Um, I mean, they have Marcus Adams coming in, but he's a freshman. Uh, I wonder if they play another guard at the three uh, and, you know, allow them to play Ernest at the five and then put Dickinson at the four or like, you know, mix and match a little bit. Or if they get the uh, Duke commit or former Duke commit that visited this uh, past weekend, uh, Mackenzie Mbako, if I said that correctly, I believe um, they can play him at the four, Dickinson at the five. Uh, and I mean, there's a lot of different lineups I think that they could go with. I'm really curious who plays that small forward position for Kansas, because I think that's the one spot I look at and I don't think it's locked down yet for Kansas. And I think it's going to come down to, uh, just how Bill Self wants to play. I could easily see self saying, Hey, we want to play multiple guards and putting uh, our Terry Morris in there, uh, the Texas transfer and, and giving him the ball. Cause he has a lot of potential and they want him to play big minutes where I could see them going, Timberlake's a proven shooter. He can play that Grady Dick role. Let me put him with the two. And then maybe if you want to play super size a little bit, you can play, uh, you can put, uh, if they get McKenzie, they could put McKenzie to the three, Dickens to the four, Ernest to the five. I think it would be a little crowded um, on that end. But, uh, you know, they still have two scholarship spots available and, you know, they could easily get a wing with one of them. And I think that's what they need uh, is one more wing, just uh, a little more experience on the wing side. Um, but I, I mean, you know, Dickinson, Dewan, I think Timber, like those are the three starters for sure. Um, I think the other two are kind of to be determined. OK, what do you think, Gary? Where does El Marco Jackson fit into this? Uh, Well, if he's as. As talented as advertised, um, these guys need minutes, and if they don't get them, you know, it'll be the the revolving door again next year at this time with guys upset about minutes and leaving. Uh, <laughs> right. They've got about 10 guys who can really play again, maybe, and uh, 
you know, how do you keep, let's look at it from El Marco's point of view. He's thinking he's coming in as this, as a very, very great high school player and he wants to play. And if you look at all the bodies, he's going to be fighting for those minutes. And then you got, I don't know what's going on with Marcus Adams. The guy averaged 30 points a game in high school and now he, goes to some all-star game, which is all the best players on the West Coast that don't go to the McDonald's game, scores 44. <laughs> Very confident guy, and he's good. He's apparently really good. Uh, Chris Johnson went to Montverde in Florida, one of the greatest prep schools, and was their lead guard. This guy's obviously highly regarded, <laughs> and uh, – if they get Mackenzie Mabako or however we pronounce it, sorry about that if it's wrong. Uh, the guy is the number nine ranked player in the country. And if we didn't have the portal, Kansas fans would be going crazy. You know, <laughs> this is the Wiggins type signee when you get a top 10 guy. So he's ready to come in and, and play the wing minutes, Paul Pierce minutes, maybe. And, uh, I'm forgetting. Well, uh, Arterio Morris is a McDonald's All-American who, like MJ Rice, didn't play it well last year, play a lot. He Morris played more than Rice. And then uh, Nicholas Timberlake, everybody thought, thinks that maybe he'll replace uh, Grady's long-range shooting. So, wow, a lot of bodies. If Bill Self... Remember, he he's fallen in love with the four guards. Uh, KJ Adams is he a guard? Uh, you know the kid had a fantastic year, and yeah. uh, is he going to play the four with Dickinson and get get the same minutes he got last year? KJ Adams was responsible for a ton of victories, so I don't really know, but it'll. It, they've got a lot of talent again, and uh, hopefully they'll stay healthy, and and it'll be really interesting. And we haven't even brought up Kevin McCuller. Um, so, uh, what, what's do, is there just no expectation of him returning, or it, it's 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 a there's a place for him if he wants to come back, a returning starter. What's the latest on McCuller? Uh, I I don't think he's coming back I, I talked to his dad a little bit last week and he said he's doing three works out three workouts a day um the vibe is they're going real hard on this you know nba thing he wants to be out of school i think and out of you know classes i think right. he was ready to go i think really since he transferred to kansas he just won that one year um and and i when i talked to the family last and you know they they said basically uh that the coming back would almost be like the feedback isn't quite good enough for him to play real minutes in the NBA. And I think I, I've said it before with Kevin, if he can show, show he has a three ball that's consistent, I think he has a real NBA career out of him, or at least in the G league for a little bit. And then the NBA, uh, cause his defense is going to get him minutes. I think is the next level, wherever it is. Um, and if he can show he has a consistent three ball, um, you know, he, he would be the ideal three and D guy in an NBA setting, you know, yeah. um, and I think that's what's going to be the biggest thing for him. He's pretty athletic. He's uh, great defensively. If he can show, he can shoot a little more consistently. Uh, I think that could help his career tremendously. But from what I gather, I don't think he's coming back. 
Uh, you know, obviously never say never, but it doesn't seem likely right now. Terrific defensive player, that's for sure. Um, but uh, I, I think he might end up getting fewer minutes next season, which would be his sixth in college than that he did this past year. So, um, uh, okay, good, good to know, good to know. But it's it's such a right now on paper, just such a deeply talented team. And and Gary, you wrote about this. They they actually um, uh, with with the addition of of, of Hunter, they. Uh, they found favor in some of the, you know, way too early preseason yeah. 25s, didn't they? Yeah, they're already getting one or two, number one in the country or two. Yeah. So uh, the expectations will be high again. And uh, they've got a really difficult schedule. So it'll be interesting to, you know, if if they start number one, they play Duke early, and they the Maui field is the toughest one ever. I I forget the teams now, but they're all really good, and uh, so they're going to be in the top five again, like they have been, and uh, they're going to be really good as long as they stay healthy. And Self will have a lot of fun because they only have three returning players from last year's team, except for the walk-ons. And they're going to have a lot of practices this summer because the NCAA lets you practice as long as summer school is going on. All right, let's take a real quick break. I, I, there's so much more to discuss, but we'll, we'll keep it short on the other side of this break. But I want to ask uh, Gary about some other news items uh, involving Kansas basketball. And we're going to ask Shreyas about a little bit of KU football coming up. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are back on Sportsbeat KC, talking University of Kansas sports with Shreya Slada and Gary Bedore. Gary, uh, some other news involving the Jayhawks and basketball here recently. Um, our, our, our buddy uh, uh, at the Houston Chronicle uh, reported that Kansas might be playing a basketball game at the, against the University of Houston in Mexico City this year. Uh, how's your Spanish? <laughs> uh, not good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've seen this year, or or it might be the following year, but okay. you probably would know better than me. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting that your mark wants to – do that. I skimmed a couple stories about that, and uh, he he wants to bring the Big Twelve brand there, 
and uh, the Kansas Houston game would be the one, like you said. So it'll either be uh, this year or next, I guess. I I did talk to Self recently, but forgot to ask him about about that. But he seems to always be in favor when Kansas has the country's attention. So the bigger game, the better. So um, now that would probably be a Big Twelve game. So yeah. I'm sure he would uh well uh, you would think he would want a home game to go with that rather than have to go to Houston if they play twice so um yeah well they're talking about yeah I was going to say they're talking about maybe uh because of the 14 team league next year playing some conference opponents as non conference or playing conference opponents early uh like in November or December, November, I guess. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what the basketball schedule ends up being with a 14-team league. Yeah, I saw that where somebody was talking, maybe your mark, but somebody was talking about playing, like, remember the old Big 12 holiday tournament? Only yeah. starting the year with Big 12 teams playing each other, and I'm almost positive most of the coaches would be against that. I mean – they want to play non-conference teams, you know, and if you have to add two or three games more against teams you play anyway, they wouldn't want that. So that'll probably be a big story down the line if they talk more about it. But yeah, somebody was set, somebody in the Big 12 office, I think, had brought that up. I don't know if you would be in favor of that, Blair, but I think now, you know, too many Big 12 games. I, why add three in November? Just to sh- the thing was to show the country what the Big 12's got, but yeah, I, I'd rather have KU play Duke or no. something like that. Yeah. And look, they, like you, you said, they've, they've got Duke and the Maui's field is loaded and, they, and they've got UConn and the Big East Challenge. So and Kansas always plays one of the nation's top schedules every, every yeah. year. Um, and those are carefully crafted non-conference schedules, right? They, oh yeah, they they are. There's a method to the badness of non-conference scheduling, and I agree with you. I don't think any coach would want to see. They don't. We we know how ragged, even though it's high level, how ragged some of the February games are during the season because they've just they, they beat up on each other all year long, and the quality of play loses. They don't, you don't want to start playing these guys, you know, conference opponents in November. And it's it's bad enough to have to start them right, right after Christmas now because of the length of the of the conference season. Uh, I, I can't see where a coach would be in favor of, of, of playing um, conference opponents early. That's exactly why there was the Big 8 holiday tournament went out of business because yeah. they, they were playing each other at Christmas twice during the regular season and then possibly in the postseason. So the, the old – the Norm Stewart's and the – you know, and the, and the Billy Tubbs of the of the old Big Eight said, "We're not doing this anymore," and that was the end of the holiday tournament. So, um, uh, hey, something else, Gary, uh, a University of Kansas uh, former player is the NBA MVP. That's uh, that's a nice little recruiting note for for Bill Self, isn't it? <laughs> yes, because Joel Embiid is the NBA. Uh... There's four or five superstars out there, maybe more, but he's one of them. And uh, they can, you know, continue to talk about Joel Embiid when they hit the recruiting trail. And uh, it's amazing. The guy is 
pretty darn good. And uh, now they've got two, Will Chamberlain and Joel. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they retire his jersey just on the basis of what he's done in the NBA. They could always change the rules about not guidelines about jersey retirement because this guy even though he was only here one year and got hurt and didn't play in the postseason, he's going to end up an NBA Hall of Famer. I'll never forget his game up in Ames. That was um, – and, and then Fred Hoiberg, the Iowa State coach, talking about it afterwards. That was a um, – that was kind of a defining moment for Joel Embiid and his his potential. And he was um, – there, there were times during that season, of course, that was also the – the Andrew Wiggins seasons. Think about that having Wiggins and Embiid on yeah. the same team and and losing in the second round of the NCAA tournament yeah. to, to Stanford. But you're right, Joel Embiid didn't play in that game. He didn't play most of the not most, but uh, the last few games of the regular season and, and not in the tournament. But it is. It's a it's a terrific um, uh, thought. You know, the, uh, I, the the winning the MVP is is a good moment for Kansas as well as the. You know, MB to the 76ers and and um something that Kansas can um can can you know, talk about in their media guide for for next year. So yeah. Um hey Shreyas, let's let's switch sports for a second. Uh talk about football. We just had the NFL draft in Kansas City. I'm looking at Union Station. It looks like all the uh, the stage is down. There's uh not not many more signs of the of the NFL draft being here, but uh it's gone. Kansas Thought maybe we were going to get a, a player or two drafted, uh, uh, Jayhawks, in, in you know, on, on the third day. That didn't happen. So four Kansas players signed um, free agent contracts. Do you have a, a thought or two on on this group and which ones might have the best chance of sticking with their NFL team? Uh, I, I'm particularly high on money out of uh, all of those guys. Um, I think he's done a tremendous job just getting up draft boards. He had a really nice year last year. Um, he's been injured too, and he still had like seven sacks. Um, you know, he had a great career before he transferred to Kansas. Um, did great in the senior bowl. Uh, then he did great at the combine. I think he has the, the tools, I think, to be a great, you know, linebacker, defensive uh, lineman, depending on whatever he plays. I know he switched to linebacker, so he's not as undersized as he was on the de uh, defensive lineman. Um, but I think he, he's got the, the best chance. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the idea that the other guys could, uh, I think, stick around, they could. I just don't know if they would get actual playing time. You know, I think Lonnie and Earl are the two guys who have the chance of earning uh, and sticking around past training camp, um, not just being practice squad fodder, as uh, some would say. Not that that's a bad thing. It's, you know, a lot of money. I would love to be yeah. practice squad fodder. <laughs> Um, but I think I think Lonnie in uh, particular could carve out a nice role for himself, whether it's uh, as a backup in the league for a while um, or not remains to be seen. But I know scouts were saying that he had a chance to be uh, a quality backup or uh, eventually develop into a starter in the NFL, which would be huge, especially for a guy who's undrafted. Okay, it's Lonnie Phelps. He signed with the Browns and offensive tackle Earl Bostick. Bostick Jr. signed with the Cowboys. Um, it's always for, for guys like this, if they can uh, participate on special teams and, and kind of uh, win their uh, win their battles there, they, that helps their chances of sticking with 
with the NFL. We'll we'll see what happens with with those guys. Got the got the news this week that Big Twelve football media days in Arlington, Texas, uh, July twelfth and thirteenth. Media applications in this week, so right around the corner. It'll be here sooner than we think. I'm really looking forward to um, seeing all fourteen Big Twelve teams in Arlington at uh, at AT and T Stadium. Uh, quite the uh, quite the crowd there th- this year. So, um, all right, guys, great conversation. Always enjoy it. And for Shreyas Lada and Gary Bedore, um, I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and we will talk to you guys again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Randy Mason for producing the show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Shreyas Lada and Gary Bedore for sharing their insights. Morning Sports Edition was loaded with NBA and NHL playoff coverage, Major League Baseball, golf, auto racing, so much more. Check out the nation's top digital sports section at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.